0: It's March, baby. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Lights On. March comes in like a lion, goes out like a lamb, they say. Well, we had good reason to be outraged this week as the Supreme Court rubber-stamped Trump's delay strategy when they agreed to take up his bogus absolute immunity claim and set the RO arguments for late April. Those justices took an oath to defend our Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. But right about now, it sure as hell looks like they're aiding and abetting one. I have a lot more to say on this in this hour, including why we could still have a federal trial before the election. But just think about where we'll be 30 days from now. Trump will be on trial in a criminal proceeding in Manhattan that he cannot stop, and will be coming due on over half a billion dollars in legal debt that he does not have to pay. This man is terrified, as he runs around the country pretending he's trying to do anything but save his own you-know-what. As I often say, the devil is busy because he knows his time is short. But the alarms that were raised this week got me thinking about a lot of things. My first reaction with the SCOTUS News, I think with a lot of the country, was disgust, That, frankly, that the Justice Department and Merrick Garland waited so long to appoint a special counsel and knowing that it took public pressure from the narrative of the January 6th committee, which was summer of 2022, to force him to act. My disgust also quickly embraced the media, quite honestly, for silencing a narrative that existed long before then and was proof that Donald Trump could and needed to be held accountable by the courts. Yes, I'm talking about mine. By March of 2021, I had an incredible David versus Goliath story to tell and a track record to prove the efficacy of the courts against the lawlessness of Donald Trump. But the major media networks had little to no interest in telling it on Women's History Month, no less. Shame on them. You know, a lot of this discussion this week shifted to the responsibility of the voters as it seemed that the courts were not going to rescue us with these trials, Uh, shifting to the responsibility of the voters to save us from Trump. And of course, the case is overwhelming for why they should, from the GOP's unbelievable war on women, to bad faith on the border, and of course, you know, just the pending end of American democracy. And I have the perfect guest, by the way, today to talk about her amazing fight along these lines but it should not be this way. The rule of law should work to get a criminal like Donald Trump the hell out of our lives, and we shouldn't stop demanding that our justice system do just that. I also want to touch this week on Israel and Gaza. I I don't think we do ourselves any favors by avoiding the tough conversations, and the pain caused by this war, and I'm not saying that this is the right result, but it could, it could cost Biden the election. Um, I know, I know, believe me, that President Biden is infinitely better for humanity and democracy um, and will continue to make that case. And that is actually why, why I'm raising this issue, not avoiding it. And I want to And it's why I want him, it's why I want my President Biden, who I support, to make a clear cut with the extremist right-wing Netanyahu who would like nothing more than for him to lose. We can't avoid these warnings and what's going on on the international scene and the way the world sees this conflict. My guest today is the rock star woman of the Tennessee Three. She faces fascism every single day in her home state and is fighting now to unseat Senator Marsha Blackburn. Go, Gloria. Gloria Johnson, so great to have you back. Welcome back to Lights On.
1: Great to be on. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm pretty fired up (laughs) to what seeing in Tennessee. You know, we went through the whole, a year ago, you know, the whole situation with the Tennessee Three, and they're still silencing voices in our legislature. They absolutely do not learn. And now they're even keeping some of the press out of their press conferences. So, you know, if you want to have access, you've got to treat them lightly. Um, and so it's insane.
0: Players. Can we just right off the top play a clip of of the Tennessee Holler? Um, yeah. This you know, great organization that is really, you know, uncovering the madness in your state and their treatment from uh, the GOP leaders of Tennessee.
1: So we wanted to, need-
2: to get him in there and switch Not for you, sir. Are you serious? Sorry. Are you are you guys are you guys cool with him doing this to me, Chris? Chris. Yeah. Guys, wow, unbelievable, are you serious? I am, I am serious. Why, why? You're welcome You're welcome to stand out here in the hallway and get them when they come out. Why man, what do you think I'm gonna do in there? Governor Lee takes my questions. Yeah, and you're, and you're welcome to ask them questions when they come in the Can hall. Can you explain why, I just wanna know why. It's an invitation only meeting. But what is that, no that's not true. Show me the invitation you sent to all those people. That's not true, you just lied to my face. You just lied to me, it's not invitation only.
0: Unbelievable. That's Adam Kleinheider, staffer for Lieutenant Governor
1: Andy McNally. Um, Gloria,
0: can you explain what the hell is going on
1: with this? Um, You know, as long as you pitch them softball questions, you can come into their press conferences. But as long as we pitch them softball questions, the corruption will continue. The march towards fascism will continue where they're cutting our voices. Monday night, we had 30 bills on the calendar we it was it lasted probably two and a half to three hours. Um, a lot of them weren't uh, deeply deep arguments on and discussion, but there was uh, several bills that really needed aired out. And one of them was a bill that bans pride flags in our schools, and um, it allows Confederate flags, and it allows uh, swastika flags, you know, but it doesn't allow pride flags. Remarkable, just absolutely remarkable. All a pride flag does is say, everybody is welcome here. And don't you want a classroom to say, we're all welcome here? And And
0: Representative Pearson, if I understand correctly, um, I'm sorry, I think it was Representative Jones uh, introduced an amendment to say, if we're going to ban pride flags, let's ban Confederate flags too. They, of course, shut him
1: down immediately on that, didn't they? I, that was Rep. Pearson. Rep, was Jones, person, okay. <laughs> Rep. Jones, I think, like me, they would not call on him. Both of us raised our hand almost the entire debate, and they would not call on us. Mm-hmm. On another bill um, that, that night, they for the entire night, they did not call on me one time, and I had my hand up much of the night. They called on Rep Jones, I think, one time, but they did not allow him to speak. They didn't allow any of us to speak on the bill that would prevent our local county commissions. If, you know, when the expulsion happened and Rep Jones and Rep Pearson were expelled, their county commission reappointed them as our Constitution allows. And they had a bill to to stop county commissions from reappointing someone who had been expelled. So basically taking away a will of the locals and the local voters the, and they did not allow us to speak on that bill. And so um, because Rep Jones continued to ask to speak, he got called out of order and um, was voted down and not allowed to speak.
0: I've had you on before, and it's every single time, Gloria, it's these unbelievable stories of being silenced. I mean, there is just not democracy in action in that state house in Tennessee. It's very scary. And of course we all, you know, the country got to to know you because of the Covenant shooting and Mm -hmm. um, you and your two brave, beautiful colleagues, Rep Rep. Pearson and um, Rep Jones, the Justins, you know, all came out and showed us um, what a powerful trio you were as they tried to expel them and did ultimately. Um, Can you just tell me what the sentiment is among your constituents in Tennessee? I mean, they're really, they they must not be supportive of this silencing, this fascism.
1: Oh, no, because they're silencing, well, they're not silencing me. Well, they are, but they're silencing 70,000 people that i represent. Yeah. And that's the thing that is upsetting. They are silencing 70,000 people in my case and in both Rep Pearson and Rep Jones cases. So that's 210,000 Tennesseans that they are silencing when they don't allow us to speak. And it is it we know that democracy dies in the states and i like you know i don't know if you follow david pepper but he's yeah. always you know, <laughs> great whiteboards on you know how this is happening in our state and it's exactly what's happening in tennessee and it was so great when all of the national media was there last spring when this all the tennessee 3 stuff was happening but as the media's gone away they're making it even tougher for media that ask questions and um it's harder and harder to have them be transparent in any of this. And they're just silencing more and more voices every day.
0: Yeah, I also kind of wanted to play this clip of Rep Jones talking to the media and kind of warning them. This kind of goes into my theme of, you know, shining light on stories that matter because narrative is everything. These are the people that um, have the power to share with the public what's going on, to shine these lights. And with what is going on with the Tennessee Holler, um, Rep Jones had, had some very clear warnings for the rest of the media. Let's take a listen. If we have the clip, Let's see if, see if my producer has a clip. <laughs> ah, shoot. Okay. We don't have that one, but I think, you know, which one I'm referencing where he's, he's out in the gallery and he's just telling the 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 other media that has not been restricted yet. This could happen to you. Please shine these yeah. lights.
1: You know, at first they came for the Tennessee holler, but yeah. then they're going to come for the Tennessean and they're going to come for the Tennessee lookout, you know, Um, As soon as you say one thing that they don't like, you'll be outside that door as well. And we have got to have them asking the hard questions and doing their job. They get slow walked and softball questions all the time. And we cannot, with what is happening, we cannot do that. But what is so wonderful are the folks outside, the constituents know what is happening, they see it. I've never seen so many people um, following along by watching online, you know, you can watch yeah. session on computer, yes. you can watch the floor, people are watching, I'll get text messages, you know, I just watched that, I can't believe they didn't call on you, you know, and things like that, or I just watched that, I can't believe the speaker shut him down, you know, and and it's it's really based on lies, one of the members that objected to Rep Jones Rep. Jones was talking about just uh, weekend before last, we had neo-Nazis marching in Nashville with, you know, carrying swastika flags. And um, that was getting ready for the week that Trump was in town. And so Representative Jones were saying, you know, that some people, he said some some would say that this is a, a neo-Nazi body. He didn't say that, but he's saying it's it's been said. And they shut him down on the basis that he called them neo-Nazis. Well, he talked about the whole body and I wasn't offended because, you know, I'm not a Nazi. (laughs) You know, I don't know why some of my colleagues across the aisle. Well, I think I know why some of my colleagues across the aisle got upset. But if if you don't have to worry about it, it should have offended you. And he didn't say that we were. He just said some consider that that uh, of our body. And it's embarrassing, it's shameful, it's just unbelievable what they are getting away with every day. And so many people are starting to find out, but that's the great thing, just the group of people that are showing up and speaking up and want to bring something different. I have never seen a state so excited about an election in my life. I mean, we'll go to the tiniest town yeah, we were in Brownsville, Tennessee, which is a very small town, but famous for being uh where Tina Turner lived. Mm-hmm. And so, um 150 people at lunch. That's, you know, that's just that's unheard huge. of. Yeah. But people are coming out like I've never seen before, and Republicans and independents are coming, and I always ask people, you know, when Republicans come or independents, I say what brought you to the campaign? And always the first two things they say, gun violence and Dobbs.
0: Dobbs, well, you you gave me, Gloria, you gave me the segue to the next topic because (laughs) I mean, the GOP really, is telling us who they are from fascism Ooh. to racism to the absolute war on women trickling right. down from Dobbs. you know the next attack here that we just experienced out of the alabama supreme court of course is this ruling on ivf mm-hmm. uh, saying that frozen embryos are children and threatening um you know fertility clinics to go out of business because they don't want to be criminally prosecuted for you know the loss of a, a frozen petri dish um, so uh, you know this week republicans are trying desperately desperately to run away from this because they know how how unpopular this is to attack women's attempts and this is now not you know women not wanting to carry a a, a birth to carry forward with a, a pregnancy but wanting to have children and this is threatening their ability to have children and so um This week in the Senate, Senator Senator Tammy Duckworth introduced a bill to do three things, to protect the rights of individuals to seek assisted reproductive technology without fear of being prosecuted, preserve the right of physicians to provide that assisted reproductive technology without fear of being prosecuted, and to allow insurance companies to cover assisted reproductive technology. Pretty simple. Senator Duckworth herself had two children through IVF. said that she couldn't without it. It was a life-changing experience for her as it is for many, many, many families. Who shuts it down? The GOP. Um, Senator Hyde-Smith of of Mississippi shut that down. Um, And you, of course, are running for the Senate to unseat Marsha Blackburn, uh, who is uh, on the wrong side of, oh my God, everything. Can uh, you just tell everything?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, she was, she's a co sponsor of the Life at Conception Act. She supports a federal ban on abortion. She's standing right there with IVF. It's sort of interesting. Several Republicans after the Alabama decision in Tennessee, they kind of went, oh, well, we're not for that. You know, we support IVF. But then the next day, they're trying to block the bill in Congress. So which is it? You know, they really, they can't decide, they can't be honest, they can't be forthright. We know what Marcia's thinking because she has, like I said, she co-sponsored the Life at Conception Act. She's talked about a federal ban on abortion. She is not for women. She's, she never votes for women. It's remarkable. She votes against the violence against women act. She voted against equal pay for equal work. She's just not there for Tennesseans at all. And we're seeing the same things in the Tennessee house. I know that, you know, we have one of the strictest bans on abortion in the country. And so, um, People say, well, you know, we don't want exceptions. We want Roe or we want the whole thing. And that we absolutely do. But still, it, it, I had a bill I thought some of my Republican colleagues colleagues would support. It was a bill that banned abortion if you were under 13. raped, So you cannot consent under 13. So 12, 11, 10, 9, Those, you cannot legally um, consent to sex, so therefore you are pregnant by a rape. If you are pregnant, it was a rape. And I thought, surely they will vote for an exception for these young children, elementary age, to be able to get an abortion. And no, every single one of them voted no. Even when I I gave them the statistics on how um, children in those pregnancies die at more than two times the rate of women, adult women who die in pregnancy, uh, and how it can ruin their chances in the future for a pregnancy when they are ready. And just the idea that you are literally re-victimizing a young girl every day by forcing her to carry her rapist's baby, giving more rights to a violent rapist than to a child. And every Republican voted to force children to carry pregnancies. It's realistic. I, I don't even know how somebody thinks that way.
0: No. And this has been this has proven to be such a losing issue for Republicans. I mean, I think that's why you saw this reaction with the IVF where they're trying to walk it back. But their actions speak louder than words. I mean, we have to seriously pay attention to what their intent is here. And like you said, they're going. um, these extreme abortion bans are a war on women. They're a war on children, and um, they're going. I mean, they're going after contraception. Contraception is next. I mean, it's just, it's it's a power play to assert dominance. This is not about babies. Sorry, folks, it's not about babies. I can I can tell you, uh, newsflash: the Republican men don't care about babies. Or, or the Republican women advocating this, for that matter. If they need a, an abortion, I, I guarantee you um, there's a long, long list of Republican men in power who have paid for and gotten abortions when they need them. This is a power play.
1: And I, I don't think that they're going to stop until they are um, criminalizing women. I mean, I truly believe that. And we really have to think about that. It, this, is, this is critical, We have gone backwards. This illegitimate Supreme Court has gone backwards in rights for the first time in history. And we have got to do something. The the idea that women are now not equal in this country should infuriate everyone. And the idea that in these most intimate and horrible um, decisions that women and families and doctors have to make that we have Marsha Blackburn in the doctor's office with us. The last person that needs to be in your doctor's office is Marsha Blackburn. Actually, the last person who needs to be in the Senate is Marsha Blackburn. Amen to
0: that. Um, we have so much more to talk about—from the border to guns to um, you know where we are with the state of the Supreme Court. So much more. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm.
2: Heart health and staying healthy, especially when you have family, friends, or loved ones that you want to be able to spend as much time with as possible. It's so important, folks. February is Heart Health Month in the United States, and more than half the population would still benefit from blood pressure support. Super Beats Heart Shoes are the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended way to support healthy blood pressure, and they even promote heart-healthy energy without the stimulants. Paired with the healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in Super Beats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And with over 40,000 five-star reviews and counting, people are raving about Super Beats Heart Shoes. Super Beats Heart Shoes are absolutely delicious and are truly much better than any alternative supplements out there. I take my Super Beats Heart Shoes each morning and it's really helped kickstart my day. After taking my Super Beats Heart Shoes, I feel like I have more energy and I'm ready to take on the day. Super Beats Heart Shoes are plant-based and so easy to add to your routine. No pills to swallow, no ingredients to mix or prepare. So support your health with Super Beats Heart Shoes. Get a free month supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes on all bundles and a free full-size bag of turmeric chews valued at $25 with your order by going to lightsonbeats.com. So get this exclusive offer only at lightsonbeats.com.
0: Life insurance
2: is so important,
0: especially in today's world. Finding the right life insurance to protect my family with Policy Genius has never been more important. Make life insurance part of your financial planning this year. Start shopping now with Policy Genius to find a policy to protect your family. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses while getting back on their feet. Luckily, Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help talk you through it. Having the right insurance will give me the peace of mind knowing that my family will be taken care of in worst in a worst case scenario. Policy Genius has licensed award-winning agents and technology that makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com slash lights, or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash lights. So, you know, Gloria, the Republicans' favorite scare tactic is uh, using the border, trying to scare us about this, quote unquote, migrant invasion and all of the um, Crimes that it's bringing along with it, when although the statistics prove that there's much more crime in red states and that far fewer uh, migrants commit crimes than actual citizens. Anyway, you know, let's not let the facts get in the way of a political strategy here. But um, this week, Biden goes down to the border, same time that Trump does, totally calls their bluff, um, you know, points out that, of course, Donald Trump scuttled the border bill that would bring the desperately needed resources that those um, border patrol agents are requesting. Um, and Trump doesn't want it because <laughs> he wants this issue to run on and he's literally bragging about killing it. I mean, the contrast could not be clear. I feel, t- correct me if I'm wrong, Gloria, but I feel like the Democrats are really just taking back all of the issues that, that
1: Republicans had to run on. I mean, law and order, border security, we own them all. Yeah, they've totally lost the things that I remember them fighting for. They—they're not. They don't even have policy to talk about. They talk about wedge issues. They talk about these things. You know, when Biden goes to the border, it's a dog and pony show. But it's not when every congressman, every senator, or, or Trump goes down there. Or even more ridiculous, my colleagues from the state house, as if they have any sort of say of what's going to happen down there but by golly they really feel like it makes them look tough i mean i work with a bunch of middle school boys
0: (laughs) it's very sad it's very and it's very it's also very um It's just such an insult to both the migrants coming across and the citizens in this country that we obviously have a situation on our hands that that requires good faith efforts to resolve. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Democrats have shown, I feel like for the first time in recent history, maybe in many years, maybe since the Gang of Eight, the Democrats are really leading this effort for comprehensive reform that would actually address some issues. Um, And Donald Trump goes down there. He, you know, calls, says that he does an interview with Hannity, once again, reiterates this um, Nazi rhetoric that immigrants are poisoning the blood, calls Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newscum, calling political enemies scum, another, um, you know, Hitler tactic. Um, And you also, I I love to see this. I want to play this clip in a second, Gloria, Um, just some of the reaction from the border communities to how harmful how harmful this political theater is to them. Please please. Mr. Trump,
2: change your ways because what you're doing is you're hurting the people that need the most help. Our community, if you were to study
1: the demographics, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy being on the border. And this unwanted attention, this unwanted militarization of our community, is unwelcome. You are not welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's just an absolute mess. There are problems. We've got President Biden and the Democrats who want to solve these problems, but they need a political play. They wanted to play on the uh, economy for this election. But guess what? The economy got better. And they're like, oh, no, what do we do now? Oh, I know. Let's talk about the border. And then a solution to the border comes. And the solution is almost every single point that they wanted. There was like maybe one glitch or hang up that they didn't like. I heard only backlash on one glitch in that bill. And, you know, why does someone expect that you get everything that you want? because when it comes to politics, it's there's sort of give and take on both sides. We come to a decision that's the best policy for all of the people. And nobody gets absolutely everything they want. You know, that there's, that's not how this works, but they don't want it to work. That's no. the problem. They are not interested in it working. They are interested as using it as a tool for the election with disinformation, misinformation, and just the lies. There were lies from my colleagues across the aisle, all across Tennessee, um, elected officials across Tennessee, saying, oh, they're bringing in 600 refugees to Tennessee, um, you know, that Washington's making them come or something. These had been people who had been cleared since September, and um, and investigated. And they had gone through all the things that you have to go through. And the reason they were coming from Tennessee was they had family here. They were coming to Tennessee because that's that was their destination because they were joining family. And it's not like, oh, the government was sending them to Tennessee and what are we going to do? But that was their destination because they were coming to join families here. And um, just just the lies and the hatred and the way that we hear our body in the Tennessee State House talking about immigrants, we believe is what makes marching neo Nazis come to our state because they feel welcome. Mm-hmm. What were these What were these Nazis saying as they marched through the streets? They were talking about immigrants and sending them back, and all of the same. That's the same thing that they're hearing at the legislature. So why would they not feel welcome in Tennessee? This is the kind of people, you know, it's the talk in our legislature, the racism, the xenophobia that is bringing these types of groups to Tennessee that are threatening our citizens.
0: It really is. And speaking about threatening citizens and endangering lives, nobody knows more about that than you and your colleagues in Tennessee after last year's shooting at at Covenant School. Um, I know you flagged another ruling, and I want to talk more about the Supreme Court in a minute. But let's start off with this issue, a a kind of an issue that flew under the radar this week because of all of the other Trump legal madness. Um, And that's this case that the Supreme Court took up about bump stocks. Um, this is a case that originated actually, um, after the 2017, um, massacre in Las Vegas, where that gunman, of course, killed 60 people at a music festival. Um, he was able to do that because in just 10 minutes, he could fire a thousand rounds using a gun with a bump stock something that automatically you know reloads the trigger to continue shooting in very quick succession and it was actually the trump administration ironically that clarified through um alcohol fire af Um, that uh, that bump stocks are illegal, that they're they they are considered um, basically that they're a machine gun. And for that reason, they're illegal. And the NRA took up this case. Um, It's at the Supreme Court, the same lawyer, by the way, who argued for Trump's disqualification. This guy, Jonathan Mitchell, was behind Mm -hmm. before the Supreme Court, arguing that bump stocks should not be um, should not be illegal under this act with some really really um, lame excuses, like using grammar in the language of the law. But I mean, this is, and and the Supreme Court seems sympathetic. I mean, it looks not unlikely that five of these um, conservative justices will rule, um, making it easier to just massacre people in our country with these weapons of war.
1: And and God help us when they do. I mean, it is so Terrifying. We already know in Tennessee with the proliferation of guns, with the uh, removal of all the the protections that we had with um, having a, obtaining a gun permit before you can open or concealed carry. Um, you know, taking that test and make sure making sure somebody knew what they were doing with a weapon if they used it, and then you know all of these other gun bills with guns and cars and There's absolutely nothing to require safe storage. I've got a bill this year to require safe storage. I've got a bill to uh, an ERPO bill to remove the guns temporarily from someone who is a danger to themselves or others. I've got a bill that requires you to report lost and stolen guns because what's happening is now that people can just leave their guns in cars. That is where so much of the theft is happening and that's how so many of these criminals are getting armed, just by taking guns out of cars. And we've seen a massive increase. And then we know that that gun violence is now the number one killer of our children. But in Tennessee, in Tennessee, we we, we have thirty six percent more children die from gun violence than the national average. And that is because of the laws that we have and the the protections we've taken away over the last 10 to 15 years since we have had a supermajority.
0: So, Gloria, you are running for the Senate. Um, One thing that the Senate has the ability to do that um, Democratic uh, lawmakers on the federal level have the ability to do, granted wonderful people like you win those seats and take power, keep power. is do something like expand the Supreme Court. Um, You know, I don't think this is a controversial issue. When the Supreme Court was set at nine justices, it was because there were nine circuits. There's now 13 circuits. Why not expand it to 13? This is a clearly, a court that has been appointed by illegitimate processes. First of all, by withholding Obama's appointment that he should have gotten. And then with these justices just lying under oath to get into those seats, I mean, I think back to Anita Hill warning us. That was, of mm-hmm. course, many, many years before Christine Blasey Ford, and how many more allegations against Brett Kavanaugh were not um, were not investigated. And then you have this absolute massive scandal with Clarence Thomas, all of his funding from Leonard Leo and you know Harlan Crow, coupled with his wife uh, being involved in January sixth, and he's ruling on these cases. I mean. The scandal is massive. There has to be some equity in this system. And ultimately, with the will, with the will and the power, if we give it to them, Democrats could resolve this or at least begin to rectify it by expanding the court.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that that's necessary. We have a corrupt court. I mean, we have seen it. There is not a question. You know, I'll even talk to people and we'll say, well, you know, look where um, all this money was that Clarence Thomas takes all these gifts or money trips, whatever, from these donors. And they're like, well, politicians take money from donors. And I'm like, this is not the same thing. We are talking about judges. We're talking about folks who are not elected. You know, they're not running an election here. That money is simply to gain favor with them on certain issues and to have their ear. And that is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And I believe we have passed the line of, you know, never in my life did I think we would have a corrupt Supreme Court. Never imagined that in my life. And yesterday, or was it day before, when um, Mitch McConnell said he was going to retire, I, all I could think is, oh, isn't that interesting on the day that the Supreme Court says that they will hear um, Donald Trump's case and the corruption that you have created and is now um, blowing back on this country. Yeah. You, you have set something in motion that is going to be very hard to stop. And and the idea I wonder if he has any pangs of conscience. I have <laughs> to wonder. I don't think that he does. I think he's happy with his, you know, barrels and buckets of money. But yeah. he, he made this whole corrupt court possible. Absolutely. I think that that's, that should be his legacy for eternity, that he corrupted the Supreme Court.
0: Yeah, I don't know about him having feelings. I always think about this disgusting image when I think about Mitch McConnell of something he said to Trump during the Kavanaugh hearings when Trump asked him if he was, you know, if he was okay. And he said something, and I don't have the exact quote, but he, he compared his steadfastness to holding with this nomination to urine coming from a horse. I mean, that's the mentality. This has how disgusting this man is. Wow. Um, so I, I just, you know,
1: ugh. I, I'm I'm always looking for some glimmer of hope. I always have hope.
0: these <laughs> people will have to answer in one way or the other. It's coming
1: for me, Gloria. It's coming. Over and over we see just this horrible treatment of human beings. Yeah. And I just can't believe that they are so capable of this and then yet run around calling themselves Christians, you know, and and all of these other things. What happened to healing the sick and welcoming the stranger and, you know, feeding those who are hungry. That's in my, that's what's in my Bible, you know? And repenting for
0: your bad deeds yes. and then turning to your yeah. maker. What about that whole process? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Look, look, I have a lot more to say on the Supreme Court. I also, as I promised, want to take a minute to talk about Israel and Gaza. Um, one more short ad break and we'll be right back with Gloria. Okay. My family means the world to me. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash lights for 10% off plus free document shipping. I know that estate planning through other means can be a grueling process and often cost thousands of dollars but Trust & Will makes it super simple and streamlines the entire process from A to Z. Trust & Will's website is incredibly easy to navigate and the process is very straightforward. And one of the best parts is that after working with Trust & Will, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure. Trust & Will has simplified the process of creating and managing your will or trust online from finding out what's right for your family to finalizing documents with a notary. Ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or, God forbid, the state deciding what happens to your assets. Trust & Will has made estate planning accessible and affordable. Live customer support is available through phone, chat, and email. Trust & Will is trusted by hundreds of thousands of families and counting. So secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free document shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com lights. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com lights. So, Gloria, as I as I commented in my open, um, I don't think that we should give the courts a pass to not hold Trump accountable, although a lot of people are saying, um, you know, okay, it's all on us now. Yeah, it's on us. It's definitely on us to make sure we don't vote for him and immobilize voters against him. But the court should work. The courts absolutely the justice system should work. This is so unequitable and unjust that this man is still in our lives. And I just wanted to point out something to correct a narrative that I have seen out there And that is that the DOJ policy is somehow um, going to thwart trials from happening closer to the election. That is not the DOJ policy. The DOJ policy speaks to over investigative steps or criminal indictments happening within a window between Labor Day and Election Day, not trials that are resulting from Indictments or investigations that happened prior, and just to give, you know, with all of my criticism of Merrick Garland, something that he even said recently to Evan Perez at CNN was, "The cases brought were brought last year. The prosecutor has urged speedy trials, which with which I agree, and now it's in the hands." of the judicial system, not in our hands. So they're sorry, Trump, that you're um, running for president to get out of criminal liability, but we're not stopping justice for your phony political campaign. The trials can go forward in October if they need to.
1: Yeah, that was, you know, that was good to hear, to be reassured that the 60-day rule is not in place in this instance because there were already indictments and there were all already being heard. So we don't have to wait, we can move forward with this and we absolutely must move forward with this. And, and I think that, I also believe that it is critical that we do that because we cannot let bad actors get away, get, let criminals get away with crimes, no matter what level they are in our government. You know, no one is immune from crimes, especially crimes against this country. And so we have to make sure that we hold folks accountable and that this election should not stop any of those trials.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I remain I remain hopeful. I mean, like I said in the open, that Manhattan case is happening, whether he wants it or not. It is happening on March 25th. And I don't think that it's right for anybody to downplay the significance of that trial. That trial is an election interference trial, too, um, and it's extremely relevant to um, the big picture here. But. You know, in the backdrop of this, Trump's also—he's—he's he's a huge national national security liability because he's in massive, massive debt. He does not have the cash on hand to pay 400 and some million dollars to the state of New York, another 83.3 million to, to um, the uh, to Egene Carroll. And in the midst of this, he's not even stopping his illegal behavior. He's been caught shifting assets from New York. To Florida. He's also um, facing a lawsuit actually from his allies. I mean, this is my message. This is always my message to Trump supporters. There will come a day when he will turn on you. There yeah. will come a day when he will turn on you. And that was proved once again um, this week when his um, partners in this Trump media company that he is hoping to raise him billions of dollars to, you know, get him out of this legal debt that he's in, um, sued him in Delaware Chancery Court for, for, you know, falsifying the value of shares and setting back a very potentially lucrative deal um, that he is expecting. So, I mean, the criminality, the illegality, the, um, you know, just disregard of other people's rights continues up until the end.
1: And for some reason, he thinks he's going to save himself with some really hideous tennis shoes. I mean, they're absolutely outrageous. The criming is unbelievable. And then they pull out these ridiculous tennis shoes that that somehow think they think are going to save them. It's Everything is a gimmick, a racket, a grift, you know, and, and just a way to um, further escape accountability for all of his actions over the last who knows how many years.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've talked a lot about all of the madness on the right. Um I got to say Gloria, I mean, I'm I'm so grateful that I've found my political home supporting the the Democratic Party. And I say that as still as an independent. I'm an independent mm-hmm. who fully supports Democrats and I and I look back on myself as a registered Republican, being the person I am that cares so deeply about human rights and wondering how I could have ever supported that party when they are so opposed in so many ways to human rights. Um, that of course includes the position on Israel and Gaza. And I'm, I'm premising it this way because obviously as, as much as we have issues with what our democratic leaders um, may or may not be doing at this point, um, their position is so much stronger, so much in in line with humanity and democracy than any Republican, God forbid Trump or Marsha Blackburn would ever be on this issue. Um, that said, there is there is a, you know there's a resistance and there is obvious pain that um, exists in the Arab and Muslim communities. and just you know, in general, among people who are absolutely distraught, we passed the 30,000 mark in uh, of deaths of deaths in Gaza this week after witnessing that horrible massacre yesterday with um, starving Palestinians, uh, over 100 of them getting killed as they tried to get food. Mm-hmm. Um, just what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on what the Biden administration can or should do to make sure both that they do what's morally right in this moment and not lose the election on this issue.
1: I I like to believe that um, they are paying close attention and really understand what is happening. We've got to start, you know, we've got to get that aid there. Um, You know, we are never, the longer this lasts, the further we get away from a solution. I desperately want this to end. I want a ceasefire. I'm so tired. Of innocent people and innocent children being killed in this, and so there must be a better solution and something that we could work towards that doesn't involve this. You have a right to keep your community safe, your country safe, but you also have to make sure that we are not killing innocents, um, and and that is what is happening. We need it to stop. We desperately need for there to be a ceasefire. And it's harder now than ever to to have discussions about how this gets worked out. But the the longer it continues, the further we are away from a solution.
0: I'm very grateful to hear you say that. Um, And I also, you know, people say ceasefire. And of course, a ceasefire, I'm assuming you agree that it would include a release of the hostages. Um, And we know, we know that the Biden administration and Anthony Blinken at the State Department have been relentlessly geared toward this goal. What I think that the American public. And I even had a conversation with the son of Vivian Silver, that renowned peace activist who was killed on October 7th. And he told me about how America seems so isolated from what the rest of the world sees. Mm -hmm. And despite these pressure that Biden and his administration are putting on Netanyahu, the rest of the world sees U.S. as funding weapons of war that are that are involved in war crimes. and um you know u s is is allowing this u s. is vetoing, you know, resolutions at the u n for a ceasefire. I just i i'm I with you am so eager for a clear cut because Netanyahu is not only working to massacre civilians in gaza he is a working against the israeli the interest of israeli security and he would like more than anything for his own political preservation he is just a donald trump in israel who's trying to get out of his own uh, trials he would like nothing more than for this uh, war to continue and for donald trump to be reelected um so i just i'm i so want for humanity and for democracy for this this cut um, to come as soon as possible. And, uh, you know, realize that Netanyahu is not a good faith actor in this process.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, We need to protect innocents on both sides. There's no question that Israelis have to defend themselves. But um, is that what is happening? And and do all of these innocents, um, should they be in the way of that? And again, um, I firmly believe there can be a solution, but but the longer this lasts, the further you get away from that solution, and um, we need clearer heads to prevail. and And there are Americans are seeing what's happening, and it's a huge struggle and it's difficult. I understand the difficulty of this issue, but I think it's very simple to say: the longer it continues, the further we get away. From a solution.
0: Yeah. And I just, I I don't know about your thoughts on this, but there was there's a lot of like um debate over whether that 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 uncommitted vote in Michigan um is significant or not. Um some people say it's a warning, with which I agree with it's a warning. Um but I just I was struck by the difference between our Party, and I say our party even isn't independent, the Democrats um, engaging in a peaceful protest vote to pressure a leader they support to do what they believe is the right thing. Contrast that with MAGA and Trump leading mm-hmm. his supporters to violently attack the Capitol. I mean, Just think about it that way. We're not a divided party. We're actually a very strong party.
1: (laughs) You know, that's total top-down, I'm going to tell you what to do. You know, that's what an authoritarian looks like. Yeah. You know, what we know as Democrats is we have always pressured our leaders that we agree with that we elect to do better. Exactly. I have watched Biden over the years move and change his opinions. And so we can enact that change, we will never, ever, The no one in this country is gonna have an effect on what Donald Trump wants to happen. Because whatever he wants, that's what he's gonna push for. But when in a true government, the people push their leaders in the direction of humanity and in the direction that they feel is, is best serving the country and the world. And so that's where I see you might disagree with President Biden, but if you want someone who will hear you, if you're out there and and trying to move, yeah, then that's somebody who's going to hear you. But Donald Trump will never hear you. And so um, we sometimes we have to push those that we agree with. And and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's that peaceful protest and not, you know, not beating up police officers with flagpoles. Exactly. That's, exactly. not, that's not going to solve it. And uh, they tell us that all the time, but apparently it's OK when they do it. So yeah. that's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's going on in the Democratic Party, in my opinion, is democracy in action. Yeah. Um, as opposed to violent authoritarianism. And it's not something that we should be shy to talk about. Um,
1: and, and I appreciate you so much because I love it when because I, I, there's so many Republicans and independents coming to my campaign. You know, yeah, I, I just love to hear people tell how they got there. You know, yeah. <laughs> thanks. And it, it, it's basically it comes down to the dignity, respecting the dignity of every single human being yes. and not just those that you agree with. But literally, in my district of 70,000 people, or if I serve the state as U.S. Senator, I need to respect the dignity of every single citizen in this state. I don't have to agree with them, but I need to listen to them, and I need to hear them, and I need to respect who they are. And this idea that I'm only going to respect or listen to those I agree with is not how this country works. Well,
0: Gloria yeah Gloria thank you for that. I I love to share my my awakening, my um you know transition to the real uh, side of democracy and um I'm so glad you you see that and appreciate it. That's really a huge purpose of this show. Um but you know speaking of having dignity for everybody's voices um The Democrats this week reintroduced the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. It, of course, course faces an uphill battle with the split Congress. Um, But you yourself, I heard tweet out that you are going to be in Selma this weekend Mm -hmm. to commemorate the 59th anniversary of Bloody Sunday, where, of course, John Lewis was present himself. Can you just talk about, I mean, with everything that we're facing, we sometimes, I think, forget that we still have this massive attack on voter rights in this country, um, and we have to rectify that. Can you talk about your work in that direction?
1: Absolutely. You know, we've brought every type of bill we can, same-day voter registration, um, automatic registration when you're voting. We want to let felons vote. We still have this very restricted convoluted process for former felons who have done their time to get registered to vote. It, this is all voter suppression. And, you know, when I got the invitation to Selma, I literally cried. <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> wow, you know, I, I can't, this is the biggest honor I've ever had in my life. What have I ever done, you know, oh, yeah. to to, to get honor, but um, it, it just, it's gonna be incredibly moving. I'm so excited about being there, but but you know, my my office address is on John Lewis Way, and nothing has ever made me more happy than that. And um, just thinking about everything that he stood for and fought for and celebrating with this group of folks and honoring him and all of those who came before the, the all the oppression, the, the people who were murdered, Um, It's just so all-encompassing and overwhelming, but to think about we are at a point where we're going in that direction again instead of moving forward is terrifying to me. So I'm going to do everything I can to fight for that piece of legislation and to make sure that everyone's voice and their vote is heard, that their vote is their voice because we should be making it easier to vote and not harder.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of the good trouble that John Lewis got in and encouraged us all to get in and how he really did put his life on the line. I mean, he thought he was going to die that day. Um, Maybe Gloria, we can just take this around the world today. Um, I always like to bring things into perspective. Russians um, are bravely coming out to honor Alexei Navalny. Thousands of Russians came into the streets um, for his funeral. Over a hundred were arrested. You think about the threats to their liberty they face just for expressing their political opinions. Um, You know, I'm so inspired when I see images like this um, of their bravery. And I hope that we as Americans, with all of the liberty that as as broken as our system can be with all the liberty that we enjoy, um, just embody that same courage and bravery um, of these Russians and people around the world that are facing unthinkable oppression um, and apply that to our battle and what's on the line right here in this moment.
1: Absolutely, I, I, uh, we do welcoming and honoring at the beginning of every session. And I honored Alexei Navalny For being this freedom fighter, you know, one of the greatest freedom fighters in the world. And um, typically, when we are honoring someone who has passed, everybody stands up, we have a moment of silence. Probably only half of my colleagues across the aisle stood Mm. up. Mm. And it was just so heartbreaking to me that, you know, I stand up all the time for people I don't know who are from their communities. But this is a man who fought hard for freedom, for the people of his country, and then was killed by his political opponent. And so many of them couldn't even bother to stand. Just broke my heart.
0: Well, once again, Gloria, they're telling us who they are, aren't they? Um Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I want to remind our viewers once again: Gloria is running against Marsha Blackburn. She needs you and would love your support. Where can where can our viewers find um, you and your campaign and support you?
1: They can find me at votegloriajohnson.com. That's my website. Votegloriaj is my Twitter handle. You can find me at state rep Gloria Johnson on Facebook, and uh, votegloriaj on Instagram as well.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I don't think there's anybody who I would have rather brought uh, come into Women's History Month with than you, Gloria. So thank you so much for joining me today and I wish you all the best in Tennessee and beyond.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on. I always enjoy it.
0: Great, great, my pleasure. Thank you everybody for joining us today on this once again live, live episode of Lights On. We always love doing them live with you. Um, as a reminder, my legal battle is in full gear to hold the Trump campaign accountable, one of the most underreported, but nonetheless most significant cases against Donald Trump's illegality. Uh, we need your support and you can help us at thejessicadenson.com slash donate, thejessicadenson.com slash donate. Thank you so much for the the support that you've given us there. It means the world. Um, everybody have a wonderful weekend. If you want, always on Saturday mornings, you can catch the audio version of this podcast by subscribing to Lights On with Jessica Denson, wherever you get your audio podcasts. And we'd love if you could go over there and, and leave us a review and a rating too. And um, you can help me grow my pro- platform by subscribing to Jessica Denson on YouTube, where you'll always find the live lights on episodes, as well as um, the special episodes we do throughout the week and other special clips. All right, thank you everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Let your light shine.